and welcome to episode 20 of The List Makers with another fun topic, I hope. A mini podcast from the Doctor Who show. We take a top five topic, create our lists, have a chat about it, don't interrupt each other, but then just riff. I'm Dave. I'm Rob. And this is our big 20th anniversary episode. <laughs> and we are doing, appropriately enough, because this is this has kind of got five Doctors 20th anniversary vibes here, mm-hmm. we are doing top five monsters. We are indeed. I, I I spent a bit of time on this list. I did as well. I threw around a number of different ways to approach this, maybe some ways to be clever or not. And then I just said, you know what? It's easy. Just just pick the top five monsters. I've been really straight down the line on this one. Maybe with some odd picks, we'll find out. Uh, Rob? That's interesting because I've been tricksy. You've been tricksy. Oh, usually I'm the tricksy Th- one. That's right. So, uh, okay, it'll be interesting to see what you've... Done here. I reckon I know at least one of yours. I'm there's one I'm writing down now. I'm confident will be on your list. Oh, there's one. Or listeners will go. Oh, that will be on his list, and it's not. Oh, well, that could be a big upset. <laughs> it could be a big upset. Uh, okay. Well, look, look. We'll stop messing around. I reckon we'll have two snaps. One for me. Now that I know you've been tricky, I might downgrade that to one. But no, I'll stick. <laughs> I'll stick with two. I'll stick with two. There's two on here I think you'll have. Alrighty. My list, number five, I went for the Ood. Mm-hmm. When I think about monsters in the new series, that genuinely made me a little bit scared. Mm-hmm. That genuinely had me thinking about, you know, pulling the cushion up a little bit and just going, oh, that's a bit bit nasty, a bit, bit scary. Mm-hmm. It is, in fact, the Ood. When I think of them, red eyes crawling through spaces, walking through dark corridors, slowly crashing in on on people. They are actually quite terrifying. They look menacing. Uh, in their second appearance, they are actually quite nasty in what they do to poor old Captain Darling. Mm. Uh, I think that the Ood are actually quite a scary monster. And so I went for the Ood. Okay. Number four, I have picked the Cheetah People. Okay. Now, these have been mocked at times by people. And look, I understand that the look of them is a little bit cuddly in, in, in places. And the animatronics aren't great, mm. but but I actually think it's a really sleek design. I think they do look like cheetahs, and cheetahs are animals that look cuddly and like a kitty cat until they can, you know, bite you and, yeah. and, and scare you down. And I think that does work. Their, their, their talons are really effective, but... They're a monster that's got a culture. We have a planet. They have a society of sorts. They have a way they function. We have a way they hunt. And the way they're directed as well, I think, is really effective. Those shots looking up at the horse with them on board is really good. But also, if you want to talk about monsters that are dangerous, the idea that once a cheetah person has decided they're going to hunt you, they may play with you. They may toy with you. They may let you go for a while, but they will get you. Yeah. And that's, to me, a really chilling thing. And I think that's really effective. So I went for the cheetah people. Okay. Number three, the crinoids. Mm-hmm. Now, we've only ever had one of them, but my God, it was terrifying. And terrifying <laughs> in oh so many ways. Yeah. The, the, the time that I was most disturbed and most frightened ever watching Doctor Who was watching somebody be turned into a crinoid because that slow realisation that your body is being taken over by this plant is a chilling and terrifying thing. Mm-hmm. You know, exterminate, blast, you're dead. Okay, that's fine. We get that. But but having the time to 
realize what's happening to you is a really terrifying concept. Then you've got the bigger crinoid that's wandering around hunting people and it seems really deadly. Then you've got the fact it can control plants and it can mm. kill you that way. And we get some really good examples of that. Not least Scorby being dragged under the pond by those those weeds. That's really good. And then that final shot of the cathedral-sized crinoid, one of the best model shots in classic Doctor Who, mm-hmm. just towering over that mansion. Visually spectacular, scary, interesting, evocative. I think the crinoids are fantastic. Let's see the crinoids back. Yeah. Number two, not always the best stories, but it, they look fantastic. They look like the classic archetypal monster, and that is the Martians, the Ice Warriors. Mm. Who doesn't think about, when they think about a monster, those great, big, lumbering, green, shelled, armoured monsters as they stalk through the ice or they stalk across earth they stalk through the citadel of peladon they stalk through a submarine they just imposing and scary again we've got a culture we have different types of them they have different values we see different characters sla is different to islia who's different to azixia you know there's a who's different to varga you know that they, they are actually a really good race of monsters in there so i think good characters and good monsters that look great mm-hmm. number one I had to go the Daleks. Sure. I am a fan of the Daleks. I love so many of the Dalek stories, particularly those early 60s Dalek stories. And, and look, the 70s Dalek story and the 80s Dalek. I like Dalek <laughs> stories. The Daleks, particularly in the classic series, are usually a guarantee that the game is going to be lifted, but they are a fabulous design. They are scary. At their best written, they are ruthless, cunning, properly evil. And I think that that just makes for a perfect monster. I know it's a cliche, but I would have been lying to myself if I didn't have the Daleks at number one. Great list, Dave. Great list. Thank you. We have one snap. We have one snap. It's going to be that or that. I'm really intrigued to hear your list now. You've built this up, Rob. <laughs> All right. My my list that is kind of tricksy and people at the end will know what I what my criteria was, I think. In at number five, the crinoids. Oh, wow. <laughs> there's the snap. I did not pick that as the snap. I think there's something extra chilling about plant life-based monsters. Vervoids f- fall into this same category too. You know when you let your backyard overgrow, Dave, and you see what nature can do? (laughs) It's just relentless. And that's the whole vibe with the crinoid. Not only would it be horrible to be taken by one and become one, but they can germinate and make more pods. And if you don't get a handle on it quick smart, the whole country, if not the whole planet, is just gonskis, you know? And on top of that, they're bloody sentient as well. Oh, my God. (laughs) They are chilling. Very chilling. Very cool. So that's our snap. Very cool. In at number four, appropriately, it's the 456. Now, the 456 were the antagonists during the third series of Torchwood, which isn't Doctor Who in itself, but it is absolutely the Doctor Who universe. No ifs, buts, or maybes. So I'm including them here, Dave. I think the 456 is just brutal. The way they take a dozen kids back in the 50s or 60s, you know, that's bad enough. But when they come back and they want 10% of the Earth's children, it's 
just chilling. And the way they incorporate the children into their bodies and sort of live off them, it's it's absolutely horrifying, grim, dark stuff. It's miles and miles ahead of most Doctor Who monsters' appearance, most Doctor Who monsters' goals. It's very adult. It's very... It's body horror in a way. It's... Oh, gosh. I, I couldn't not have them here, even though it's kind of a cheat that they come from Torchwood. But, same universe. In at number three, The Great Intelligence. I think this is a very clever monster having no physical form and, you know, relying on possession to have any real effect on the environment. I mean, it's got to have massive mental powers to pull off that kind of mind control. And I think that makes for a really interesting kind of enemy because it could suddenly be your best friend who's possessed or a, or a robot yeti or it could just appear as a fog, you know, that just consumes anything that goes into it. It still has to be written with care, though, I'll say. Otherwise, when you have something that can be anything or do anything, you know, it has to be written properly. But I think if it is written properly, it's a really neat monster. Mm-hmm. In at number two, the Eternals. Now, these are a race of, well, cosmic beings, I guess you could say, introduced in Enlightenment back in 83. And while you might think they're not monsters because they look like you and me, and indeed several of them are quite handsome, uh, they're still monstrous in what they do. Mm. And I think Davo calls them parasites. Uh, if I recall correctly, uh, I think there's quite a bit of scope for using them too in in the show going forward. I know in the Jody episode, can you hear me? They were supposed to be like Eternals, but they were speaking about the Eternals as separate things. So although they were similar, I don't think they were Eternals. I'd like to see the Eternals come back. They don't have to be on sailing ships, you know, having a race or anything. Yeah. But I would like to see them in some way because I think that's a really interesting kind of character to play with. Number one, and also immortal in a sense, vampires, Dave. We've had different kinds of vampires in Doctor Who over the years, whether the kind in State of Decay, who were related to the vampires the Time Lords used to fight, or comedy vampires like Dracula showing up in The Chase, or novels like Goth Opera, or Blood Harvest, or indeed Vampire Science, or in Big Finish Audios like Project Twilight. Uh, One even popped up in part of Death Comes to Time, I seem to recall, from when we were doing that review uh, a while back. And I hear there are some vampires in some of the Benny books. So vampires are such a huge monster that audiences love all around the world. And they have been in Doctor Who a lot, probably more than people think, once you start adding up the audios, the novels, the TV, classic era, modern era, and so on. So they have to get the number one spot for me. Rob. Yes. That's a very cool list. It's a different list, and as people will see, I didn't go for any of the big ones, the Cybermen, Daleks, they're all wonderful, you know, Sontarans even, you know, I I put those to one side. They're great, I know they're great, I wanted something a bit different. So look, I had the same approach in part, I said I want to make sure this isn't just Daleks, Cybermen, Sontarans, Ice Warriors, like, you know, the classic list. And when I was debating, I thought, okay, okay, I'll put the Daleks on because I have some nice things to say and they're a favourite of mine. I thought, oh, do I have to have the Cybermen? I thought, you know what? I don't need to have the Cybermen on my list because Rob will have it on his. <laughs> That's the one I thought you would think of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, look, bit of an upset that they're not there, but it, it, you've got some really cool uh, ideas there as well. I will say the Shalonians were one that I was tempted to put on from the, the new adventures, but I, I, I wasn't going to put something from the TV series off the list for that. But 
I really love your call with the four, five, six, mm-hmm. because as a an adult, you know, a proper adult watching Doctor Who and tortured all the rest of it, yeah, the monster that has probably most shocked me, and the moment that I've had the biggest sort of <gasps> that proper gasp was mm. some of those reveals of the four, five, six, what they were doing, the moment when the kid is pushed, you know, the used kid is yeah. pushed against the glass, and you see what they're doing with mm. these children. That was a real like. Oh, Wow! Oh my God! Moment. So yeah, yeah, I really like that because the the nature of Torchwood lets them get away with more than Doctor Who. If Doctor Who could, I'm sure we would have had stuff like that in Doctor Who. But because we don't, they really stand out when you sort of compare this to your run of the mill Doctor Who monster. It's like, oh my God, this is this is like rated R horror stuff from the the cinema compared to you know doctor who you know children's tv doctor who it's 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 like night and day a lot of the time yeah and there was an episode of strange new worlds earlier this year that did a not the alien in, in the same sense but what they were doing with kids uh and the the visuals of it in a very similar way and that also was just a real like wow they've gone there moment mm. The snap, I would never have predicted it would be the crinoid. <laughs> I've kept my light under a bushel all these years. I think. <laughs> no, but everything you said is absolutely true. And what you said about overgrown vegetation being naturally creepy is really, really true. You think about when you walk into somewhere that's a bit overgrown, a bit overvegetated, you hesitate before you step in. You're very careful. You're very nervous. And so Plant Life does capture that. Uh, you mentioned the vervoids, and I absolutely had them floating around on my list of, of possibilities. Again, a moment that genuinely scared me as a kid, you know, being six or seven mm. watching vervoids, was the vervoids rampaging through and, and that visual of the dart, the poison dart going into people's hands and killing them. Mm-hmm. That was one that really stood with me. Uh, in the end, I couldn't quite go there because they do look a little bit, you know, made of foam. Yeah. A uh, little bit, little bit fake, but that's okay. A little, little bit like genitalia too. Well, yeah, that, that did, <laughs> I didn't notice that, I swear, until it was pointed out to me. I don't know what that says. Well, you were only six or seven, that's, so maybe. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, some monsters that probably uh, were a bit, bit jibbed in not making the list. Cybermen, look, I think we both know why we both left it off. It was just so obvious we wanted to do yeah. something a bit different. We get that. Uh, the angels. Yeah, but such a, a a game of diminishing returns, if that's the expression. You know, the, the first appearance is brilliant, but every time they come back, I'm just like, oh, God, really? Oh, no, really? Oh, no, you're doing that now? Oh, no. So I had the same thought, and then I thought to myself, village of angels. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> they are redeemed a bit there, and that, that, that got them back in the contention. I try not to think about flux all that often, though, to be honest. Look, that's true. So, look, I was I was umming and ahhing about the angels for that fifth spot. In the end, I went with the Ood because, at the end of the day, the Ood have frightened me more than the angels did. I think the angels are a really cool concept. And you're right, they're great in Blink. They're quite chilling in Village. But there's something about the rampaging Ood look that just scared me more than an angel did. Of course, it's so blank. You know, when the angels are coming after you, they, they do the snarly thing and they're like, you know, and the teeth are out and all of that. And it's like, okay, they're doing the cliche. I'm coming to get you. I'm snarling at you. Whereas the Ood are just like blank. They, they they just look the same, except for the eyes changing colour, perhaps. Yeah. And there's also something about the inability to 
to rationalize with a crazy ood that I think is also very effective. And um, I mean, you see that with Sidemen as well. So that's that's really interesting. I think, Rob, if we'd been kids when the new series was on, rather than, you know, grumpy old fans, we would probably have the silence on the list. Yeah, silence could have made it in. And just also going back to the, the Angels, one thing I will say, when their big power is they just send you back to the past where you'll probably have an all right sort of time because you'll be really smart compared to everyone else and you'll probably do all right for yourself. Is it that scary a fate versus just being killed by one of these other monsters? That's true. That is actually very true. I've never been particularly scared by what the angels do. No. Yeah, no, good point. So, yeah, look, uh, I considered the angels and I considered the silence, but both just missed out. And look, I'll be honest, in most cases because... I was the right age to appreciate a lot of these monsters. So they they do resonate with me. And I think that you kind of have to be a kid to really appreciate a good Doctor Who monster. Mm, yeah. And and that's why the 456 is a good pull, because they are one that I think scared us as adults. Yeah. One on your list, the Ice Warriors, almost made my list, but got chopped off because of my little rule of not having the biggies on there. But they're great. Ice Warriors are bloody great. Yeah, the Sontarans were one that, you know, is a classic, and I I thought long and hard about having. Uh, In the end, I went with the Ice Warriors because of that visual and just that, that really impressive thing. I think the Sontarans have been done well occasionally not as well occasionally sometimes they're quite terrifying sometimes they're quite comic and so i i I couldn't quite put them over the ice warriors i did think about putting the silurians in everybody knows i love the story and i love the race Mm, mm. and they're they're really good characters but i think as well there is a diminishing returns factor in there uh even if i'd gone silurian slash sea devils yep each of their first appearances is good uh whilst i defend warriors of the deep the silurians aren't nearly as effective there they're not as deadly there and then you start to get to the new series where they just haven't done them well yeah and then we get to legend of the sea devils <laughs> and then we get to legend of the sea devils where look the design of the sea devil was probably the best thing in that episode yeah. um, but it's still yeah as i say if i could like a lot of these monsters you know the first appearance fantastic it's the second and third and what makes them an ongoing monster that's really effective well sometimes they're just a genuine one hit wonder like the crinoid that just makes a huge impact to both of us agree yeah we're out of time once more rob it's just flown by i know i know but look what doctor who fan doesn't like to talk about doctor who monsters (laughs) yeah i want to hear other people's lists too absolutely please tell us what you uh think we've missed out on there apart from the cyberman we'll cop that one yeah um time to pull a topic out of telos hat of wrestling this needs some new topics so please send us in and we have top five regenerations oh wow okay well at least this time we've got a much narrower band in which to which to pick we're not trying to get you know 50 monsters or 150 stories down to five we might Uh, get two or three snaps this time we might get two or three snaps this time i reckon i reckon we'll get I reckon we will get two or three, but that's a problem for next month because our time is out. I've been Dave. I've been Ray. And we'll make more lists next month. Bye-bye. Goodbye. 